Hey, this is Rob, and that's Micaiah, and you are listening to You Forgot One. Today on You Forgot One, the battle of Dr. Dre, the chronic versus straight out of Compton. Micaiah, you and I split different Dre albums, and you say NWA straight out of Compton should be on our list. I say Dr. Dre's the chronic should be on our list i think we both have differing reasons for this i think we both acknowledge that these are great albums but trying to have just one per artist is certainly unique when we talk about dr dre in the relationship between these two albums so let's start here micaiah tell us about straight out of compton and why you nominated it I also had to, this is kind of one of the more complicated head to heads because, you know, NWA isn't strictly a Dr. Dre album. So it's kind of like saying, oh, we have to choose between Revolver and John Lennon Plastic Ono Band, you know, because, you know, he's not the sole author of Straight Outta Compton. So it, it's kind of a complicated head to head. Nevertheless, uh, I nominated Straight Outta Compton because. Uh, I really like that album. And historically, I think it is one of the most important hip hop records of all time. And I think it's one of the most important uh, records of the 80s and of just all time, period. You know, it, it is a, um, it reshapes culture. You know, it's, um, it's, it's that revel. I mean, like, how many records come out that afterwards movies change? You know, and that's because of the success of NWA. How many records come out and all of a sudden the, you know, the the, the artist who puts it out is on an FBI watch list, you know, uh, which John Lennon was too. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's just this, this album was considered so dangerous, you know, and so it's going to be interesting to look into like what it is, what it is about this album that was so dangerous, uh, especially to to white people. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, um, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's historic. It's um, a new shift. We talk about Rakim with um, the shift in the, the importance and the significance and the artistry of the MC and the shift that happens with NWA. is just a, a shift in culture in general. You know, it's not kind of any of the individual people, um, who are responsible for it, but the group as a whole, you know, shifts culture as a whole. I mean, uh, it's, yeah, and, and, and we'll get more into that when we kind of break down the album, but that's that's my big reason for why I have um, Straight Outta Compton instead of The Chronic, uh, because I think that its historical significance cannot be understated. And so, Rob, for you... And I think I know why. I mean, NWA, you know, that record comes out in 88, two years before I'm even born. The Chronic comes out in 92, the end of 92. You're 12 years old. Um, you're just the, you know, pretty much the perfect age for an MTV viewer in the early 90s for this record. Um, but, you know, let's hear from, you know, yourself. Why did you pick The Chronic over Straight Outta Compton? Yeah, I, I mean, you. I think you could. You couldn't have said it better. 
you know, December of 1992, I had just turned 12 years old. It was the end of the fall semester when I was in sixth grade. So I just started middle school. Um, it, it was a, you know, I, I think it was such a unique time for hip hop culture. You know, I was one of those people that, um, you know, shout out to, uh, both Peter and Paul Sisson, who were the sons of uh, my pastor when I was growing up. And they were the two brothers who got me into hip hop music because they would tape hip hop records over like Christian missionary tapes that we got at church. So like they would be handing them to me and telling me, oh, like, you know, straight out of Compton's on this, or it takes a nation of millions to hold those back or, um, you know, De La Soul or something like that. So I had had an early experience with hip hop at like eight, nine, 10 years old, but the chronic was the first hip hop album that I felt like was mine. Like it, it wasn't something that belonged to the age older than me or the generation slightly older than me. Like it was for me and my friends. And again, like, I, I'm sure that, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there were hits from straight out of Compton that were on like Yo MTV raps in the middle of the night on the weekend. Um, but like daytime afternoon MTV viewing, you were not seeing NWA, but every single that came out from the chronic, um, and then of course, Snoop Dogg's follow-up album and then regulators from Nate Dogg and Warren G all of that stuff, um, was all over MTV. It felt like, uh, our music and especially as someone who just has such a natural affinity for, uh, for parliament funkadelic for P funk, um, the, the samples, you know, Dre is such a fan of parliament and such a fan of that era of funk music that the way in which he uses those samples, I think the chronic was also the first hip hop album where most of the songs on the album, I recognized where the sample was from. So then it also felt, it, it almost felt like an album that wasn't just for me at that perfect age, but it felt like it was being made by or produced by someone who shared the same musical taste. Now I say all that, to say this was an album that I nominated just because of nostalgia more than anything else. It's not an album I had really gone back to and revisited at all recently. Um, it was an album of just going, Hey, the chronic is a great album. I remember how great it was. And I will tell you in the last month going back and revisiting both of these albums, it's been tough. Um, there is, I, I think we should just say flat out, there is a level of misogyny and homophobia um, on both of these albums, but probably more on the chronic than on Straight Outta Compton. I think Straight Outta Compton has has something more important to say about um, a, a particular relationship. I think so much of Straight Outta Compton is about the unique relationship, the the ugly relationship between Southern California law enforcement and uh, young black men in, in Southern California. That seems to really be most of the content on Straight Outta Compton and kind of the impetus, the drive of this album. The Chronic is a much more kind of upbeat, fun kind of party album. But going back and listening to it now, you realize like, oh, it's upbeat because it's about you know, a very misogynistic, 
view of women. Um, it's, you know, it's, it really is represent representative of drug culture. Um, and the, the homophobia, especially on the first two tracks on the chronic man, it's hard to get past because straight out of Compton NWA seems their, their anger is pointed, um, at an issue. And on the chronic, the anger seems to be pointed at other MCs or other people within the culture. And so it, it almost feels um, so strange and different. Um, but it is, the chronic, of course, is the first album of the Death Row record label. So this is the uh, the first album that comes out on Sugar Knight's record label. in uh, a record label then in many ways will kind of define, for better or worse, so much of what 90s hip hop would be. And that was a lot of the hip hop that I was around in middle school and high school. And so that was the reason that I nominated The Chronic. Uh, we should probably say as well, um, on the most recent iteration of the Rolling Stone 500, The Chronic came in ranked at 37. Um, and Straight Outta Compton came in ranked at 70. So these are two albums that we're kind of looking at head to head that are both, you know, top 70 albums, at least in Rolling Stone's view. And like you said, these are not, it's not really two Dre albums in comparison. And even thinking about The Chronic as a Dr. Dre album, like The Chronic is as much a Snoop Dogg album, is as much a DOC album, is as much a Warren G and Nate Dogg album as it is a Dr. Dre album. The thing they share in common is Dre is the producer of, of both albums. Um, so Straight Outta Compton is, is, you know, as much a Ren, uh, as much an Ice Cube, as much an Easy E album. The Chronic is, is really all these other people. The similarity is that Dre is the producer behind both of these albums. And uh, it's going to be an interesting conversation. It's an interesting head to head. And I'm grateful, Micaiah, that in this head to head episode, we don't have to go head to head alone. So uh, Patrick Curtin, who is a uh, up and coming hip hop artist himself, he was with us to talk about the miseducation of Lauren Hill. He's going to be back with us to help us make this decision straight out of Compton versus the chronic. Uh, so Mikhail, what do you say we take a break? We'll let our listeners hear from our sponsors, mirror coffee roasters and Spotify for podcasters. And then we'll be back to talk straight out of Compton versus the chronic. I want to take a second and tell you a little bit about Mirror Coffee Roasters. Mirror Coffee Roasters are pursuing excellence from coffee, farm to cup. The goal at Mirror Coffee Roasters has always been to use coffee as a tool for change. Whether that's a bag of coffee on your kitchen counter or creating a sustainable, human-focused sourcing practice that goes far beyond generic marketing labels. No matter how you enjoy your coffee, Mirror Coffee Roasters is here to help you on your journey and elevate your coffee experience. I want to encourage you to go to their website, mirrorcoffeeroasters.com today and check out their coffee box, a four bag sampler box of some of their best coffees from Colombia, Guatemala, and Ethiopia. Check out Mirror Coffee Roasters today. 
you are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. So our listeners will remember him, of course, from our episode, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Uh, he is a hip hop lover, a hip hop artist, um, and a, a friend of mine. Uh, we want to welcome back to the podcast, Patrick. Patrick Curtin, it's good to have you back with us. It's great to be back. Uh, Makai, great to see you again. Rob, great to be here. Let's talk straight out of Compton. Let's talk the chronic. And it's going to be very interesting because these these two albums, like you said earlier, Micaiah, these albums are essential to hip hop, you know, culture. And I would say even deeper, it, these two albums are very, very needed and necessary in the lexicon of just human nature. Where, where shall we start? <laughs> well, let's start with the, the common denominator, uh, which is Dr. Dre. Yes. So as someone who is you know, a hip hop head and as someone who, you know, uh, you know, also makes, you know, your own music. Uh, who is Dr. Dre to you? Who is Dr. Dre to hip hop? Why is he such a significant figure? To me, Dr. Dre is, you know, on my Mount Rushmore of hip hop producers, just mm-hmm. overall hip hop musicians, if you want to call, if you want to say it that way. To the world, you don't get certain sounds, certain, you know, samples being put together the way that they were without Andre Young, right? I I figured it like this. In 1988, Andre Young had an idea of, of how good he could be, right? By 1992, that idea had become a full blown fact. Like you, you know, he was the guy not to, he, 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 he became the guy in 92, if if I could say it that way. So that's what makes Dr. Dre so important to the lexicon of music in terms of these two albums in the overall scheme of things, you have what I what I like to call a needle pusher, someone who pushes and moves the needle every single time they release something. What you thought was what what you thought was the the S tier thing here becomes even more so 
exaggerated. It, it becomes clear every time he releases music that you're going to get something of grade A, S tier quality. Dre, starting with Straight Outta Compton, has kind of always been, like you said, like the guy who kind of gets to decide, you know, where hip hop's going to go for the next few years. So with Straight Outta Compton, you know, just like really opening up gangster rap. Which, but, you know, doesn't not only does it, you know, influence gangster rap, but even like the Native Tongues Collective are influenced by the way he samples. You know, you can you can find pictures of, of Tip with like NWA shirts and everything while hanging out with like Pasta News or whatever, you know. So we don't we don't think of them as being, you know, like NWA fans because of, you know, the difference between the way that they talk about violence, Native Tongues and NWA. Nevertheless, very inspired by, you know, specifically the production of something like Straight Outta Compton. But then with the chronic, right, uh, you know, G-Funk. Right. Not just gangster rap, but but G-Funk in particular. And pushing that even, you know, and then even at the end of the 90s with 2001. Right. You know, that hip-hop in a lot of ways still sounds a lot like that album. Mm -hmm. Or song, you know, those songs... Uh, sound as more current or relevant than even songs on the chronic uh, you know so it's it's dictated i mean really came out in 99 he called it 2001 and really kind of had his finger on the pulse on what hip-hop might sound like in the new millennium right and you know even most recently gave us you know was you know really backed kendrick lamar you know yeah, in, the, right. in the previous decade you know so he's kind of always known and kind of always seen maybe like the writing on the wall as to like where hip hop's going. Right. And, and, and see, that's, that's the whole idea when you want to think about production, right? There's some producers that started out as DJs first and that have the idea of, okay, what does, what works with the, with the crowd now and where can we take it then? And also let's not forget about the concept of sound bombing. You have yes, NWA, on the West Coast, but over on the East Coast, you have Public Enemy and the, uh, and the um, Bomb Squad. They have the Shockley Brothers that are literally pioneering how you're taking all these little small elements from these different records, six to seven different records on one track. And you're creating a brand new type of sound. So that's where you get, especially that raw energy of Straight Out Compton. Then it goes into a little more of a, a more polished if you will, but still has that aggression of a sound bombing technique in the chronic. And more than anything else, we we talk about with Straight Out Compton and the Chronic, the careers that both of these albums have launched. This is dedicated to the niggas that was down from day one. Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> Creeping while you're sleeping. Niggas with attitudes? Nah, low. Niggas on a motherfucking mission. What up, niggas and niggas? That crazy ass niggas back in the motherfucking his ales. The notorious Compton G D R E on the solo tip. Fuck the motherfuckers. What up, Ren? Yeah. Drop the chronic flakes on your ass, bitch. West Coast flavor. Niggas who talk shit get dealt with real quick. Dre essentially is behind is is really the impetus of the success of Death Row Records. Right. 
and then and then after that relationship falls apart with suge knight which i mean let's be honest during during the mid to late 90s in suge knight i i think you know there weren't many relationships that that survived you know <laughs> that that's that survived around his uh his orbit um, but then you, you know, he's launching his own label and all his own launching his own label, you know, then he's starting to partner. All right, well, I'm going to, you know, then it's the beats by Dre. Like right. he seems even going back to 1988 and Trader Compton, like from the beginning, Dre seems to be someone who always sees three moves ahead. Right. Like it's, it's almost like he's always seeing how best to be positioned and it's interesting too, because like Dre, you know, it's the classic like MC DJ producer thing. Dre is not a great MC, like doesn't write his own rhymes. Like he's, he's, he's not a strong, he, he's not a strong MC, but he is so great at kind of um, to steal the line that Aaron Sorkin writes in the Steve Jobs biopic, like, He's so good at playing the orchestra, you know, like right. he's so good at putting the the people together and putting everyone in the right place. He's so good at helping everyone else succeed around him that that really there's there's just such a forward thinking intellect to Dre that that's kind of on display in everything he's doing because every album we're going to talk about, both again, both these albums talking about 2001 talking about kind of everything he's been behind and artists he's repped and supported like he he's been so great at knowing where the culture is going to be in five years in positioning himself ahead of that movement right so patrick for you personally when did you become like aware of who dr dre is and what he does like where in dre's career did you was your kind of like you know onboarding moment onboarding moment literally in 92 um mtv uh, in 92 i'm six years old right so me and you can kind of share that that same idea of oh we're still young coming into these um coming into knowledge of these artists right mm-hmm. but just having mtv play nothing but a g thing you know let me ride all these different singles that have come off the chronic. And then you're also getting scenario. You're also getting, you know, all these different artists from the East coast, West coast, some from the South a little bit. Um, well, well, let's just say deep South, whereas Texas hip hop is becoming more relevant in the early nineties. Right. So for me, I get to, um, get into Dre in 92. Knew nothing about F the Police or or Straight Out Compton at that time until I started really getting into hearing the music that was played around me. Mm-hmm. So I would say ninety two the Chronic. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, see, I was two when the Chronic came out, so two thousand one was kind of more my like. I mean, I had an awareness of Dre because you couldn't escape him in the nineties. Right. I remember seeing that like being in like my friend's older brother's car and he has that CD on the floor and you're looking at that and he's playing it and forgot right. about Dre's so huge and all the Snoop tracks, you know, so that, that was one where, 
you know, like like Rob, you were saying like the Chronic that was our album. That's kind of what 2001 uh, was for me as well. And nevertheless, I choose Straight Outta Compton. So are we ready to kind of dive deeper into Straight Outta Compton? Yeah, but before we do, let me go ahead and ask the question. Straight Outta Compton is is an album again, an album from 1988. So being the 42-year-old on the podcast, like I was eight years old when this came out, which means that for most people who can remember this album coming out and remember being fans of it when it came out, these are people who are now like in their fifties. And, and I think that's also important to remember because as we think about hip hop and we think about kind of how dangerous straight out of Compton was, uh, kind of in the culture at large and the way that it was taken in. I, I wonder, I, I wonder if it's different now for people who are discovering straight out of Compton for the first time now, or maybe discovering straight out of Compton for the first time in the aftermath of the movie, right. Straight out of Compton. I wonder what it's like for them because in many ways, like, you know, for like, for you, Micaiah, like your first exposure to cube was in like barbershop movies, you, you know, like oh, it would have been Friday but... or, or Friday. Yeah. But I mean, but you, it's, it's essentially like, Cube's Cube's a comedy actor more than he is a rapper by the time you're old enough to know kind of who he is. And in I mean, Easy E's dead by the time you're old enough to know who he is. Uh Ren is is pretty much kind of vanished from um, you know, kind of the the mainstream. Yeah, mainstream mainstream music or mainstream entertainment at large. And so in some ways, like even though even though Dre, as far as the MCs on this album, plays a very, very small role, um, his role as a producer is a big one. But I, I wonder if, were it not for the chronic, were it not for the work that Dre does over the course of your lifetime, would you even think of Straight Outta Compton as being in any way a Dre, a Dre album? Like, is Straight Outta Compton for you essentially just this great album about a... The, this kind of period of deep turmoil in Southern California. So I, I asked that kind of as a nebulous question, because I wonder what it's like for people who are not in their fifties, people who are in their twenties or in their thirties, what is it like to listen to straight out of Compton is, is your entire worldview of straight out of Compton lifted from the movie? And if, and if so, how, you know, there's all kinds of liberties the movie takes. There's all kinds of things the movie doesn't dive into, which I wish it had. Um, so so I, I say all that is kind of a, a starting point for us, Micaiah. And maybe this is a good place to ask you to go ahead and dive in. As the youngest person in the room, how how did you come to Straight Outta Compton? Got him. Just 
no, we're too busy saying yeah. About drinking straight out the eight bottle. Do I look like a motherfucking role model to a kid looking up to me? Life ain't nothing but bitches and money. Cause I'm the type of nigga that's built to last. If you fuck with me, I put my foot in your ass. See, I don't give a fuck cause I keep bellin'. bellin'. Yo, what the fuck are they yelling? First of all, I haven't seen the movie. So oh, you I haven't? Nope, so I can't answer any of those questions about okay. what it's to come to the... Because I... I was wearing a straight out of Compton, like NWA shirt at my freshman year of high school in 2005. So long before like the movie, just cause but I, I was always into like eighties hip hop though. Like, you know, like the, that, that two disc monsters of rap compilation, you know, like I, I had that. So I was in, I was, like and not not really even like understanding like the difference between like a tribe called Quest and like Fresh Prince and NW. It's just like it, or MC Hammer for that matter. It's just like mm-hmm. it's '80s hip hop, and I liked it all. Yeah, you know, like I just I just enjoyed it. I, just, I but uh, but growing up in the '90s, like the hip hop that you heard in the '90s, like that stuff was still very much on the radio. You know what I mean? Like it didn't go away. You know, so I just it's just in the those images. You know, like by the time I had like cable or satellite tv they had these like mtv classic or vh1 classics and they were doing these you know historic kind of countdown videos like oh there's like we're like the 15 the best music videos of the last 10 or 15 years or whatever you know because music videos hadn't been around that long and so you see you know the straight out of compton video or you see uh me myself and i video you know so it's just like you know it was it, it never felt too far in the past uh, as I grew up in the nineties and the early two thousands, cause it was always being referenced and always being brought up again, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, it, it, it just, it just like always was there. It had, you know, a great staying power. It stayed, you know, and, and it went further, you know, the, the longer t- time went on, it didn't become this like thing to be feared, but very quickly was like a thing to be nostalgic about. Where it's like, oh, did you know that? But you know, like, like, oh, look, remember when before Cube was acting and he was doing this, and Dre was doing that, and you know, and e, before Easy E died, it, you know, very quickly became maybe a a nostalgia thing that was much safer than just like a a literal threat of you know black men just armed and going out just shooting cops, these you know just these these cop killers, you know. So you know, it's a uh, yeah, it was it was kind of always there. So I don't I don't have this great memory of like seeing it for the first time and being like, whoa, you know. And, you know, I mean, conversely, I can do that with Prince and Michael Jackson. I can I remember seeing the, like the last twenty minutes of Purple Rain and being like, okay, this is uh, the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but I don't I don't have that with uh, with NWA, unfortunately. You know what's wild. As far as NWA is concerned, there was a slight resurgence, I'll say 97, 98, where Cube, Ren, and um, and I think Dre had a little bit of production going behind it, actually put out, I think, a couple of songs at that time. And, and, it's, and it's wild that you say 
like, oh, wow. The, now it's more of a nostalgia factor than a threat when mm-hmm. it's, it's for someone that lives in that culture, right? That community of, of, of people in that sense, how many things have really changed since after police? Mm-hmm. And, and that that was really what in latter conversations even Cuba say you know what really has changed we're we're, we're giving we, we gave you our our insight as to what we're seeing in our neighborhoods regardless of whether you know drug culture hood culture all these different things are going on this is what's happening inside of the community and what has changed so that that was that that was something that I had to kind of piggyback on. I've never been to Compton, but it, yet it's a place that I feel like I like totally understand just because of the hip hop that I've consumed in the you know thirty years or whatever of living. You know what I mean? So you feel like you have this understanding. But where I think where the nostalgia comes from is I don't think people are just like remember when the LAPD would just like stop and frisk black people. Uh, you know, I think the this I think part of like the nostalgia because like. The, the leap culturally from 88 to 92, um, there's like a huge fashion leap. I think that you could look at the chronic and be like, people still kind of dress like that. But when you look at straight out Compton, you're just like, wait, people were afraid of Ice Cube with a, like a jerry curl or an easy. Like a, you know what I mean? So it's just like, like, like when you hear about NWA and like them being a threat, I don't think people and then younger people go back and like look at it and you're like it's just a guy with an Oakland Raiders hat why 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 are y'all so scared you know so it becomes you know safer because they weren't in that moment they you know they they didn't get the explosion of what that moment looked like they can just look at it and be like his hair looks different their clothes look different this is so 80s you know so i think you know while not listening to the message and at that point if you're in the 90s you've heard much harder stuff right than straight out of Compton. So it, it loses some of that shock value to where it's just kind of like, that's not the most offensive thing you can say on a record anymore uh, for younger people, but good music's good music. So for me, I was like, this stuff's great. I'm expressing with my full capabilities and now I'm living in correctional facilities. Cause some don't agree with how I do this. I get straight and meditate like a Buddhist. I'm dropping flavor, my behavior is hereditary. But my technique is very necessary. Blame it on Ice Cube because he said it gets funky when you got a subject and a predicate. Add it on a dope beat and it'll make you think. Some suckers just tickle me pink to my stomach cause they don't flow like this one. You know what? I won't hesitate to this one or two before I'm through, so don't try to sing this. Some drop science, well, I'm dropping English, even if yellow makes it a cappella. I still express, yo, I don't smoke weed or sex, cause it's known to give a brother brain damage. And brain damage on the mic don't manage nothing but making a sucker and you equal. Don't be another sequel. Well, take us through it. I mean, let's let's talk a little bit about <laughs> about the album and, and kind of like you said, especially you know the album opens up, of course, with the title track "Straight Outta Compton," uh, followed by "F the Police," "Gangsta Gangsta," um, and then uh, if, "If It Ain't Rough," "Parental Discretion Is Advised," 
eight ball, something like that. Express yourself. Express yourself was kind of the the other big single uh, from the album, um, and in some ways, like the 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 one uh, express yourself maybe the pop friendliest s- song on the album and the one where dre sign shines the brightest on straight out of compton um but but i i think that you can't separate at least from my perspective you can't separate straight out of compton from kind of this over arcing message of the album that that really seems to be uh, and, and, and I, I want to just piggyback on the thing that you said, Micaiah, about like the, the most common consumers of hip hop music, um, by the late eighties and early nineties are white teenagers, because that was absolutely, I mean, like, look, I, I was, a I, I mean, I was a white 12 year old, um, okay. hanging out with, hanging out with, you know, mid, mostly, uh, white and Latino kids, um, in South Florida who, who were listening to this. And so again, you know, it's, it's funny thinking about it, you know, because of the early eighties rap that you heard, like uh, this mindset that like, Oh, when they're, when they're rapping about Compton, Compton, man, it must, you know, or South central, like it must be this place. that's like nothing but projects. And I'll never forget the first time I saw on TV, like them doing some news report, driving through Compton and you're like, Oh, Compton's a neighborhood of single family homes with yard. Like, and you suddenly realize like, Oh, Compton looks like my neighborhood. Like yeah, th- this, this idea of kind of the world that had been portrayed in, in within this music had created like this, you know, dystopian wasteland almost in my mind. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then you realize that like, Oh, the, like, this is where families live. Like this is where schools are and where kids are growing up. And then you realize like, Oh, that's why this is such a big issue because it's not like police in a war zone treating, you know, acting the way you would expect police to act in a war zone. Mm-hmm. This is essentially the way police are acting is in a typical residential neighborhood. And the people are getting treated this way because of the color of their skin. Right. And then you're going, Oh, Right. This is a very, very different world. And, and so even though I was familiar with the music, that understanding of what Straight Out of Compton was about didn't come along until much, much later. And, and I would say probably for me, again, as someone who was eight, nine years old, the first time I heard Straight Out of Compton, it wasn't until the LA riots mm. in the spring of 92 you know, six months before the chronic comes out, it was the LA riots that you suddenly go, Oh, that's what they were talking about. Exactly. Like this, this is what that album's about. And so you realize the LA riots isn't something that like just happened because one guy was brutally beaten by the police. It was the straw that broke the camel's back of years and years and years of this bubbling tension. And then when this abuse is caught on tape, it, it explodes, all of that tension explodes. And so you realize that like that kind of powder keg is what NWA was, is tapping into in this album. And then not only that, sorry to um, interrupt, 
But not only that, we cannot understate the war on drugs that is happening in LA, in South Central LA. You 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 have to also realize that these young men, especially Cube, especially um, Easy, these are actual gangsters. These have these are actual young men that have put in work and gotten their hands dirty before you know Cube became you know. Doughboy, before Q became, you know, went to, you know, ask you, are we there yet? <laughs> you know, these are young men that are actually living the life. That's where you're getting a lot of this, you know, raw energy, this raw, you know, F the police, because this is what they're really seeing every single day. And like you said, these are single family homes with front yards. Mm-hmm. And just to think about the tragedy that's happening on these front yards, not just from, you know, gang violence at that time or, or drug overdoses or things like that from that time. That's coming from police brutality. That's coming from, you know, systemic and institutional uh, racism going on in these neighborhoods as well. So that that cannot be understood. Right about now, NWA court is in full effect. Judge Dre resigning. In the case of NWA versus the police department, prosecuting attorneys are MC Rand, Ice Cube, and Easy Motherfucking E. Order, order, order. Ice Cube, take the motherfucking stand. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help your black ass? You goddamn right. But won't you tell everybody what the fuck you gotta say? Fuck the police coming straight from the underground. A young nigga got it back because I'm brown. So police think they have the authority to kill a minority Fuck that shit cause I ain't the one For a punk motherfucker with a badge and a gun to be beaten on And thrown in jail, we can go toe-to-toe in the middle of a cell Fucking with me cause I'm a teenager With a little bit of gold and a pager Searching my car, looking for the product Thinking every nigga is selling narcotics You'd rather see me in the pen than me and Lorenzo rolling in a benzo when I finish, bring the yellow tape to take off the scene of the slaughter. Still getting swole of bread and water. I don't know if they fags or what. Search a nigga down and grabbing his nuts. And on the other hand, without a gun, it can't get none. But don't let it be a black and a white one. Cause they'll slam you down to the street top. Black police showing out for the white cop. Ice Cube will swarm on any motherfucker in a blue uniform. Just cause I'm from the CPT. What's complicated about this is that to some extent, you know, this, there is kind of, these are, these are kind of characters that they're playing, right? NWA isn't a gang. They are musicians, but in calling yourself a gang, right? There's some sort of myth-making or kind of fictitious element to it where it's like, okay, we've, we've essentially created 
characters or a space for us to say things that we can't say in our ordinary lives. Like, fuck the police. And if you come near me, I'm going to blast you with a shotgun. And it was just like, like, okay, we can't say that normalized. We will be killed. But in the space of this music, right, with these kind of characterizations that we give ourselves, we can say whatever we want. Now, there's something very liberating in that. And, and I think that's the importance of NWA is is kind of adopting these characters to to give a voice right to these to these people and to in these perspectives and to put them out there and to be able to say something like you know hey you know i mean look, look okay here's the difference between nwa and public enemy the logo for public enemy right has like a member of the group in the crosshairs mm. nwa puts the police in the crosshairs that's the difference between those two groups, you know, and you know, start that's just like, oh, they can't just go out there saying they're going to kill people. It's just like the police do it every day where they're from. And they boast about it where they're from. You turn the tables. NWA does it all of a sudden. It's like the FBI needs to be on these guys. Where's Infernal Affairs? Internal Affairs, you know, trying to stop the LAPD. Where are they at? You got like, a group, half a dozen people who are rappers and producers and all of a sudden you have the FBI on them because of a couple songs. It's not like every song on this record is about killing police, but because of a couple singles, like this is a dangerous group, you know, like it's, it's, it's really wild. That's the same question that, you know, these men, they are gay because you know what? They're family that way. They came that way. And even though some of them can't really speak on some of the things that they did speak on in the music, because there's things, especially in a time before social media, that you did not see them do. So the gangster gangster is really gangster gangster. Mm -hmm. So let's not, you know, put the cap on that, right? Now, what turns two songs into putting you onto an FBI watch list is because you're putting the police in the crosshairs. You're literally saying, oh, you want to beat me because I'm brown? And this is literally, what, 20 years after, you know, civil rights movements is going on, civil rights acts are being passed. So this is a short time in between these things. So this is a real life, hey, of course you're going to put me on the FBI watch list. I was probably already on your watch list, watch list in the first place. And that's right, not right. to say that Public Enemy or Chuck D wasn't on a watch list. Because their, <laughs> their, their motion and their message is the same. Stop beating us. Stop tearing up my community. Yeah, we'll tear it up our, on our own. But you don't have to come in and do it. So let, let, let's let's legitimately look at Straight Out Compton as it sounds that hard, it sounds that aggressive, it sounds that biting, because it is. That's what makes kind of NWA in this record so you know complicated is because what they are saying is empowering, but what they are saying also um gets misconstrued and just takes goes even further and kind of create something in it for people to get carried away with and then have to deconstruct later in their adult lives. You know, so that's, 
that's one reason why it can be complicated and that's you know and that's all in how like the record is received you can't entirely blame the record for that what's up take one yo ruthless plenty of that and much more so at the party ran is controlling the floor that you step and do your dance routine it ain't a dream my man you're in a gangster scene with a feeling doing damage on a 24 track with confusion to finish my conclusion a rhythmic rhymes from a radio cat you can't take what i got because i'll be taking it right back this gangster go killing you want to know what it means definition filling Stupid dope rhymes, and once you hear one line, you can tell it's mine. With a baseball cap, this black that I'm wearing, and a look that keeps y'all staring and wondering why I'm invincible. But when you hear my rhyme, it's convincible. I don't take no shorts while I'm constructing the ground, and makes you all move around to my hell of a sound. Girls rule on me like a diamond. Yo, Red, tell them what they do when you start rhyming. I go to the party, I hip, I hop the spot. I don't know what it is, but the girls get hot, inspiring like they're on fire, and it's so cold. With them, I'll retire and for this reason I'm walking threat. So when I'm on stage, I want quiet on the set. MC Rain is the unsung hero of this record. Uh just like absolutely kills on that track. And parental discretion uh, is advised. Great kind of timely track because this is like that Tipper Gore era, the censorship in music and all this kind of so it's another kind of great, just kind of like needs some explaining but as a track on its own is like still holds up uh if you have the lp eight ball remix isn't on there uh which is interesting and honestly i'm i'm fine when i listen to the lp if it's not there totally cool with that uh let's see uh express yourself which is the one that cube wrote for dre to rap on uh he kills it. and again that's four now just like all time just like iconic songs what's funny about like express yourself is like it's part of on this record that we call like quintessential gangster rap express yourself is like not hard at all like it's actually really upbeat and pretty fun you can kind of see where this is the song where like this and another one we'll talk about um well i'll I'll just mention it now um i ain't the one also a a pretty fun song um those two songs you can kind of see where like daylon and like tribe are just like that's really fun i i ain't the one is like straight you can you can understand why why you know plug one and two of of de la soul would be interested in that track because that definitely sounds like a precursor to some of uh three feet high and rising and de la soul is dead uh dope man remix uh quiet on the set the other mc ren song which uh quiet on the set on the lp mc ren ends the album mm-hmm. and it's a better ending um than something to dance to uh which is a wax you know, song i mean they, but they even like call it out in the song be like yo that beats old Give me some new shit. It's just like, you know, so like they, so there, there's a wink to it. Yeah. Um, but like, so like for them to be doing like kind of like goofy kind of tracks like that on an album that's perceived as being like so hard and so intense, there, there's funny stuff on here and there's fun stuff. And there's a dance track that closes the LP or not the LP, but closes the album because on the LP, it's actually a quiet on set with Ren. So four just like stone cold iconic songs. And a couple of deep tracks that are like just as good, but they're not like the hard 
intense songs that people think that the album is in its entirety, which is not. Um, so I think that when you go back to, and listen to this record as a whole, you discover that there's like way more to it than people give it credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one reason why it holds up. And of course, like all the stuff that we talked about, like kind of its cultural significance, its social and political kind of stuff. You know, I, I think that this is a historic album. In my defense, uh, maybe too long of a defense by saying, you know, uh, Chris Rock has a famous list of like the 10 best hip hop records or something, or maybe 20. And he put this one at number one, uh, actually. And he said that NWA were bigger than Nirvana. And, uh, you know, and so the, their cultural impact could not be understated in that way. And he talks about how he went to California and he got the record and he came back to New York and people just could not get enough of yeah that record so uh you can uh, that's that's an easy to find uh list and article he has kind of a short little write-up on like each of his records on why he chose them but the way he talks about nwa uh, is very interesting and insightful for like first generation hip-hop listeners who are experiencing it so Buster, where the fuck you at? Can't scrap a lick, so I know you got your gats, your dick on hard. From fucking your road dogs, the hood you threw up with, niggas you grew up with. Don't even respect your ass, that's why it's time for the doctor to check your ass, nigga. Used to be my homie, used to be my ace, now I wanna slap the taste out your mouth. Make it bow down to the rope, fucking me, now I'm fucking you, little ho. Oh, don't think I forgot, let you slide. Let me ride, just another homicide, yeah, it's me, so I'ma talk on, stomping on the easiest streets that you can walk on. So strap on your cock, then hatch your lopes, and watch your back, cause you might get smoked, love. And pass the bud, and stay low-key, BG, cause you lost all your homies' love. Now call it what you want to, you fucked with me, now it's a must that I fuck with you. Well, it's probably time for me to to make the argument for the chronic. And again, this this is one of those had had I gone back and re-listened to these albums before putting this list together for nominating for this season. I want to go ahead and let the cat out of the bag now. I don't know that I would have nominated the chronic. Um a a really a, a really great album, really important album, a wonderfully produced album. But I, I think there's a lot in the chronic that is that has aged really poorly. Um, so I want to say that up front. But what Dre does in the chronic, there were hits from Straight Outta Compton that did very well on hip hop and R and B charts. The hits from the chronic are like billboard hot 100 charts. These, these, these are like number one peaking singles. Now it is a much longer album. It is almost the chronic is almost 20 minutes longer than straight at a Compton is. And there are the same number of hits. The chronic also launches the careers of pretty much everyone who's going to be involved 
in West Coast hip hop for the majority of the nineties. Um, it, it is, it is an album that it's, whether it's Dre, uh, whether it's Snoop, whether it's death row records as a label. And of course, DOC's on it as well. And, uh, we didn't mention DOC on, uh, in, in talking about straight out of Compton, but we can't really talk about Dr. Dre as an MC without talking about DOC because Dre doesn't have anything to say without DOC. That's correct. Um, but here might be the best place to start. Uh, Dre essentially leaves NWA and leaves the record label that NWA was with at the time uh, over some financial issues. Uh, he basically helps to launch uh, on Interscope the Death Row record label. Um, I don't know much about this history, and maybe either one of you can speak to it. Okay. Um, but whatever ends up happening with NWA, Dre and Easy E leave as mortal enemies. So off. much so that the majority of the early tracks on the Chronic are Dre diss tracks where he's just attacking Easy E in vicious ways. And one of the things that I think is interesting about Straight Outta Compton, Straight Outta Compton, in the way in which it kind of goes after the police for that relationship. So it's kind of a punching up, but Dre attacking E in the way in which he attacks him, the horribly violent, glamorizing, homophobic and misogynistic ways he goes after E on this album. I mean, it makes it seem like punching down in hindsight. And so it's, it's some of it's just really hard to hear. I, I feel like I'm making the argument for this album by telling you all the things I don't like about it, <laughs> but admittedly it's been hard to live with. It's been hard to, um, to go back and revisit. So maybe the best way of looking at it is looking at the things that it does really well. And almost in contrast to the bomb squad and what they had been doing mm -hmm. for the last four years, Dre on the chronic kind of introduces us to a much more minimal way of producing right. where instead of filling up, you know, seven, eight, 10 samples per song, he's really largely sticking to one sample and then writing right. bass parts, writing um, essentially uh, MIDI keyboard parts that are going over these songs. Mm -hmm. And so he's, he's really relying on the vibe right. of, you know, a lot of old school parliament songs and using that to, to launch huge singles like nothing but a G thing. Let, let me ride. I mean, let me ride. Essentially is just a straight off rip off of, of, of a, a, a parliament a parliament song from mothership connection. Uh -huh. Um, and then really you, you do have, um, some kind of lesser, lesser hits, but really nothing but a G thing and let me ride are, are the two that kind of lead the way, yeah. um, for this, for this album. But then you end up with these kind of, I mean, 
there's there are tracks on here that I wouldn't even feel comfortable saying saying the names of. Yeah. Um, and there's quite a few like that. And most of them do not hold up well. Bitches ain't shit. Yeah, that's one of them. Oh, yeah. That's perhaps yeah. one of my favorite ones, though. Yeah. And <laughs> Which you, is also one of like the four big hits. It really is. Stone Cold Classics. You know? Yeah. Go on. Your album. Go ahead, Pastor Rob. it's hard now you know being a baptist pastor and wanting to like look back and be like oh man remember when i was 12 and i liked d's nuts the the irony of d's nuts is that we're still making that joke all day it holds up quite well because people are still making that joke i'll put it to you like this You, you you have to look at the chronic for what it is at, at the top of it, just like you're saying, with between the history of the 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 falling out between mm. Easy and Dre, it's competitive energy at this point. Oh, you don't want to listen to me when I'm telling you that Jerry Heller is is taking advantage of not just me but you as well. Oh, you don't want to believe me when I say I'm going out and going through my own thing. Well, here's what we got. You got the chronic. Now, let, let's take it there. Right. And then you also got to look at it for what it also is, too. This is a album where Dre isn't just, you know, a music producer, quote unquote, music producer, where he's, you know, taking all this music and putting it together. He's now becoming a record producer. Now He's taking Colin Wolf on on bass and mm-hmm. say, hey, play this right here. He's you, you, you get unsung heroes, early unsung heroes on the production side like Daz. Mm hmm. You get um, you you still get DOC p- providing pretty much the the lyrical content for mm-hmm. Dre and the lyrical you know production wise for for Snoop at this point. Yeah, Snoop makes this album. Snoop makes this album. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you also got to look at you know what this album does in terms of how music goes forward. Mm-hmm. Just like you made the mention of, okay, just like in Straight Out Compton, you have the sound bombing technique. You have now where it's pretty much the the standard way of sampling. Now mm-hmm. you take one piece of a, a, of a song, you loop that thing over and over. Add whatever drums you want to add. Add whatever melodies, counter melodies, different instrumentation you want, and you create a brand new sound out of it. Mm-hmm. So. You, you you're you're really innovating at this point, and then also you get the the once you said the five, you get a a really young sounding Nate dog. You don't get the full baritone Nate dog that that we that we love and respect and and, and think about. It has to be looked at it, it for what it really is. This is a game changing album. Hell yeah. Just another motherfucking day for Dre, so I begin like this. No medallions, dreadlocks, or black fist. It's just that gangster glare with gangster raps. That gangster shit makes the gangs of snaps. Uh, word to the motherfucking streets. And word 
Word to these hot ass lyrics and don't fix that I hit you with that I get you with as I groove in my four on D's Hitting the switches, bitches relax while I get my proper swerve on Bumping like a motherfucker, ready to get my serve on But before I hit the dope spot, gotta get the chronic The Remy Martin and my soda pop Now smelling like Indonesia Bus stop full of fly bitches and skeezers On my dick cause my foe won't hit Pancake front and back side to side and all that shit So when I crawl I comes correct Now if your bitch in my shit It's your bitch you check nigga Now let the Chevrolet slide As I dip and make a trip to the south side Yeah Rolling in my six foot <laughs> What all the bitches saying? With all the motherfucking bitches saying You know what I'm saying Check this out The sun went down when I hit Slauson On my way to the strip Now I'm just flossing Checking my rear view Cause niggas they will do Jack moves Black fools cause I smack fools Trying to set me up for a 211 Fuck around and get caught up in a 187 But I don't represent no gangbang Some niggas like lynching But I just watch them hang So on and so on Why don't you let me roll on I remember back in the days When I used to have to get my stroll on Did nobody wanna speak Now everybody peeping out the window When they hear me beating up the street Is it Dre? Is it Dre? That's what they say Every single motherfucking day Yo, but I ain't tripping I'm just kicking it While my D's keep spinning And these hoes keep grinning I'll be rolling in my six foot What everybody's saying Hell yeah What everybody's saying Well, this might be uh, as good a time as any since we've been talking about this for a while. Yeah. Um, I, I want to do this rather than it just being head to head and Patrick, you be the tiebreaker. Um, Micaiah, I want you between these two albums to say which, which one you think we need to have on our list. Then I'll do the same. And then Patrick, uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, so Micaiah, the Chronic or Straight Outta Compton, which one and why? You know I'm going to make this longer than it has to be. So I kind of wish 2001 was kind of more in the conversation because I think in terms of influence, I think that 2001 has longer legs than both of those in terms of production style. And I think that like the three or four mega classics on there are just as strong as the others. Um, and I think that there are parts in 2001, especially that are even better than what you get on the chronic, um, like still Dre stone cold classic. Uh, what's the difference has already been mentioned. Forgot about Dre with Eminem is like one of the most like defining, like, sounds of that era uh, but also the next episode which is mm -hmm. i mean as iconic as nothing but a g thing 
Like it, it, it has reached that point where it is as iconic and as recognizable. Um, but also with 2001, you get that kind of self-awareness that you don't get on the other ones with the closing track with the message where he, where he says like, they say gangsters aren't supposed to cry, but then I guess I'm not gangster. It was just like, Oh, that is something new. Mm-hmm. That's something different. Yeah. You know, that's, so that's, that's something that's something he couldn't have made in 1988 or 1992. Correct. No, not at all. So I think that like lyrically, I think the one has um, more to say mm-hmm. um, in, in, in that regard. Um, it, it's it's kind of breaking down kind of that persona, which I think is very interesting. And that production is equally groundbreaking as the other two albums. And I think more records today sound like 2001 than the chronic or Strata Compton. So I kind of wish that record were in the conversation. And that would be an easier one for one if we did the Chronic versus 2001 because it'd be Dre versus Dre, you know, essentially. Um, But that's not it. But I did want to get that out there because that record's incredible also. So the Chronic, this, this is what makes it so hard because Dre is a producer. And the chronic, and, and because Dre is the common denominator, it's Dre versus Dre. Mm-hmm. The chronic is a better produced record. It is a more, it is more influential from a production standpoint, and it's more groundbreaking from a production standpoint. Because I, I don't think that Straight Outta Compton is better produced than It Takes a Nation of Millions. I don't think it's better. Uh, production which came out that year it doesn't you know it, it it has a sound that is influential but the chronic has a sound that's produced that like defines mm-hmm. the 90s until diddy really it's like the first half of the 90s essentially um nwa the sound doesn't define the era right but the words define the era. The words have a longer influence or a greater influence than even the production on the chronic does as influential as it is. Now what's hard is that Trey's not the writer of the lyrics, but he is the producer. Mm -hmm. All right. So he is the one putting this together. So there, these words can't just be wrapped you know, over, you know, 808s, boom, cat, papoom, cat. Well, fuck the police. You know, like that would be whack, right? <laughs> Why am I cube and I'm here to stay? Fuck the police. You know, like that's whack, right? But that's not what we get. Yeah. Like, because Dre's producing. So you get something that is hard. You get something that is inventive. You get something that even though it's, some of the ways that talks about violence and women is antithetical to the native tongues. Even they have to be like, okay, we're taking that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, so that that's huge. When we're talking about production, straight out of content, like listen to the way on uh, F the police, the way that the drum interludes and they, and they, the, the, where they have the verses and they have the, the, like the kind of like the drum and the drum breaks in between the verses and then they have the next person introduce the next person and the power with which they come back in musically that like that going back between like the, the highs and the lows 
is something that like only like the pixies are doing in alternative rock at this time mm-hmm. also so there, there are just these like levels of just going from high to just like to like constantly like the first verse breaks the door down and then you put it back up and you break it back down again you know it's just like they won't let you rest you know they just keep coming in stronger and that's the production even though he's not rapping over that and he didn't write it right the production is what gives it the power and i think that that power of nwa is greater than the production of the chronic so that's why i'm saying straight out of compton when we're looking at those two records together To the folks, Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at the door. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Cause you know we're about to rip shit up. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Compton and Long Beach together, now you know you in trouble. Ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Too low depth, nigga, so we're crazy. Death Row is the label that pays, man. Unfatable, so please don't try to fake this. But uh, back to the lecture at hand. Perfection is perfected, so I'ma let them understand. From a young G's perspective And before me digger the bitch I have to find a contraceptive You never know she could be earning her man And learning her man And at the same time burning her man Now you know I ain't with that shit lieutenant Ain't no pussy good enough to get burned while I'm offended yeah. And that's realer than real deal Holy feel And now you hookers and hoes know how I feel Well if it's good enough to get broke off a proper chunk I take a small piece of some of that funky stuff It's like this and like that and like this Santa It's like that and like this and like that and it's like this and like that and like this and I Drake creep to the mic like a fan Well I'm beeping and I'm creeping and I'm creeping But I damn near got caught Cause my beeper kept beeping Now it's time for me to make my impression felt So sit back, relax and strap on your seatbelt You've never been on a ride like this before With a producer who can rap and control the maestro At the same time with the dope rhyme that I kick You know and I know I flow some old funky shit To add to my collection The selection symbolizes dope Take a but don't choke if you do you have no clue of what me and my homie snoop dog came to do it's like this and like that and like this and uh it's like that and like this and like that and uh it's like this and who gives a fuck about those so just chill to the next episode straight out of compton has the most important things to say the chronic is the better produced album in the more the more important production on an album between straight out of compton and the chronic i know this is not popular opinion and this is not canon for most people and this would be us making a huge decision on the podcast I think 2001 is the best album. I think Straight Outta Compton is the most important message. Chronic is the most important production. I think 2001 is the best album. For almost all of the reasons that you just said, Micaiah. So even though I, you know we nominated two different albums, I, I think we're actually kind of seeing this pretty similarly. That being said, mm-hmm. Patrick, what do you think about all of that? Honestly... And it's funny, in preparation for this episode, I had the thought come to my mind, like, this is y'all podcast. Y'all know y'all can break the rules, right? (laughs) 
So to be honest with everything that's just been said by both of you, you are correct. Um, especially as someone who has studied these productions. 2001, by far, if we're talking just strictly Dr. Dre, best Dr. Dre project of all time. You can't get away from that. Now, Straight Out Compton definitely has a, definitely has that power. Definitely has the, it, it, it carries from the old from the OJ's um, adage. There's a message in the music. Sonically, is it the better sounding out of the two that we put up there? No. That <laughs> you can tell that that this is debut album, you know, material. Now the Chronic, out of all three that we talked about, that's the only one that's recognized and in the Library of Congress right now. What what do we lose if we don't have straight out of Compton? Mm. You lose you 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 lose the cultural significance of of the message of that album. But other than that, you lose Cube and E, but you lose the Genesis. But, but you gain Eminem. And Snoop, it, like, but you know what? That it goes back to what, what, what we've been talking about this whole time. If you're trying to decide which one is better, depending on when and where you came in on the scene, and it's that, and this is for all three projects that we're talking about. You're going to miss out on the journey. Mm-hmm. You don't get one without the other. I think that I think I just made the decision. The one that should be on the list is straight out of conflict. Because that is the genesis. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. I mean, that's the oh now honestly, yes. Just by you just bringing up how that record opens is the best like defense for it at this point in the podcast. Yeah. It, 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 once again, it's like we went like I said, we went around the pond and jumped into the waters. That is two thousand one. <laughs> But we had to start with that in order to get into yeah. why the why Straight Out Compton is the essential. Yeah, there's a journey. The journey is not perfect. Right. We we need to own that there is a lot of things on all three of uh, there's a lot of things on all of these albums mm-hmm. that do not hold up well. Um, there is a lot of homophobia and misogyny and glorification of violence built into all of this that being said there is a value i think in deferring to the beginning right because you never end up in any of the other places without starting where you start and and again just that reference for the way straight out of compton begins you know you are on a journey that's going to lead not just through Dre's career, through Cube's career, through Ren's career, through DOC, through Easy E, it is a journey that, in some ways, is a part of that golden age of hip hop that will all set the tone right. for all of the different things that come after it. Right. And so, in some ways, it, it means that we're going to end up this season with a whole lot of golden age of hip hop 
albums at the same time i think the reason these albums are so important is because there's been so much time we can see the longevity of their influence mm-hmm. the time between then and now doesn't excuse the things that are that are hard to hear now but at least helps us to contextualize them a little bit differently. That that would be my take. So given given everything we've talked about, I think Straight Outta Compton is a great place to land. Micaiah, what say you? That is my pick. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's an album that just opens up a whole new world for people who otherwise had no idea what that life was like the i mean it is like hey do you want to know what it's like to be black in compton in 1988 anyone who goes to you know any place where records are sold here you go and that changes the american imagination that changes cinema even it you know so like it that that can't be understated so i i'm glad that we we took that journey and we came back to our our humble beginnings with straight out of Compton as our pick and um, our listeners, I hope if they've already heard the more classically canonical chronic and straight out of Compton, listen to 2001 because it is an incredible record that almost destroyed the episode. That's how good it is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so uh, Patrick, we want to thank you for being with us again. Um, thanks for being with us. You were with us on an episode where we both agreed from beginning to end and you've taken a journey with us where there was agreement, disagreement, and a whole journey to even introducing a third album right. on on this episode. But but it's a journey I'm glad we've taken. We want to thank you for being with us. Uh, of course, everyone who comes on our podcast, we love to end our time together by asking you to give us five albums. Mm-hmm. And uh, those five albums are entirely up to you. You can give us five favorites, five underrated albums, five albums you've been listening to lately, um, you know, five, uh, five underappreciated hip hop albums, whatever, whatever you want to give us, you pick the five and you give them to us. Well, well, I'll give you five of the albums that really have sat on me these last few months. And, and they're from different genres. As far as a underrated album, but a one you need to go back and listen to, Diana Ross, Silk Electric. I can't get out of my mind how beautiful an album Alfredo is. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, I'm still stuck on songs in the key of life. Because the um, 24th anniversary just came about. No, 25th anniversary just came about. There's this lounge volume one, two thousand and one. Only because of the simple fact that just as a young hip hop guy coming up in that that album actually had an instrumental version too. Yeah, <laughs> so can't can't get away from that. Love it. Hey, if you know our listeners are, have heard a bunch of the Chronic and a bunch of Straight Outta Compton already. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to pick one song from 2001 when we end the podcast for listeners to hear, what would that song be? 
Honestly, the Watcher. The Watcher. Nice. Sets up everything. Set, oh. Sets up everything. Like one of my one of my favorite lines come from that. How would you feel the niggas once you killed? You probably moved from a new house to a new hill. How's you shot? How's you feel shot? If you if you was, if you got shot, I ain't a thug. How much Tupac and you you got? But I ain't no bitch neither. It's either my life, you're it's either your life or my life, and I ain't leaving. I like breathing. So that 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 whole song sets up the groove to where where as Makai as you said the self awareness that Dre is at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also you know gives us one of the most important lines that a lot of people and a lot of rappers have bitten. Mm-hmm. Things just ain't the same for gangsters. <laughs> well, in, in one of the things that happens, the difference between obviously 1988 and Straight Outta Compton, 1992 and The Chronic, and then 2001 is, you know, nine years and 13 years. Mm-hmm. And over those nine and 13 years, a whole lot of people have died. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... And that's the thing is that, you know, the glorification that so easily comes in the late eighties and early nineties in reality rap or gangster rap. Mm -hmm. Um, when people you actually know and care about start dying, that glorification goes out the window. Right. So when you've lived long enough to see people die that, you know, it, you you lose enough people, the um, pointlessness of it all That's right. becomes becomes real obvious. Well, Patrick, it's great to have you with us. Thanks for being with us for a, another episode, and uh, we look forward to having you back again in the future. That was awesome. Um, you want to tell our listeners how they can follow you on social media or where they can find your latest work? Well, you can follow me on social media at on Instagram, Patrick Curtin name all together new music is coming out uh very shortly very shortly so we'll we'll be getting there just look up patrick curtain you'll find me r.i.p Rob, we almost 
didn't have either of the albums that we came in here to talk about. Mm-hmm. So are you leaving here still feeling torn between Straight Outta Compton and 2001, or are you content with Straight Outta Compton being our pick? No, I, I'm content with Straight Outta Compton being our pick. And, and truthfully, had had we not introduced the idea of 2001 and it was down to just Straight Outta Compton and The Chronic, I do think The Chronic is a a much, much better produced album Um I really do from a production standpoint, it, it sets a direction for hip hop production that is in, that is still being felt today, but the, the message of the chronic, though there are great, you know, hit songs, monster hits that are so well produced, the message of the chronic ultimately like doesn't really have anything that rewarding to say. And, and I think in the end, the older I get, the, the more, especially as we're thinking about like what makes a great album. Um, if you're thinking about hip hop, like it, it is rooted in a culture that has so often not had many means of access to really de- declare messages for the whole community into the whole world. And so I, I think that to have, to have an album that's messaging is as culturally significant as straight out of Compton. I think the message of straight out of Compton ultimately outweighs the flashy, impressive production that you hear on the chronic. Um, and then I also think the chronic truthfully, you know, like I said, going back and listening to it, I think the chronic is a fat album and I don't mean that in, in, in the pH good way. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a bloated album. Um, the chronic should be 10 tracks. Uh, it, it is, it is an album with way too much on it. And for as gifted a producer as, um, as Dr. Dre is, there there's a lack of kind of editing um in terms of content uh that he he just doesn't have um at least not at that point in his career i think i think he gets closer to it the more he matures um but again i i also don't think that he makes an album with any of the same messaging in it today as he did in 1992 and and look neither would any of us you know that's the nature of growth and evolution and change is that, you know, the, the world is different. The culture is different than it was when these albums first came out. Um, unfortunately, because of the messaging that we hear in straight out of Compton, there are some things on straight out of Compton that, man, I, I wish we would have had, I wish as a culture, we would be much further past than we are now. Um, and so again, because I think that I think there's some messaging on Straight Outta Compton that is still relevant today. I, I think that's the album. Yeah, I, I I completely agree. Not much more I'd have to add to that. Yeah. So then the question should really be: This is the one we've picked. Does this album belong on our list? 
if we don't have straight out of Compton, you know, like then what does that mean for our list? Like what is it missing out on? And I think it's missing out on something huge and major and important um, for music culture, pop culture, American culture. Uh, I think it's such an important artifact and artistic statement Mm -hmm. um, that would be quite the blemish on our list if if it were missing. So I, I, I do think warts and all, uh, that it does belong, you know, on our list. Well, listener, what do you think? Uh, you have heard us talk at great length about Straight Outta Compton, about The Chronic, even about 2001. Uh, what do you think? Did we get this right? Uh, is this the right Dre produced album to make this list? Um, should it not have been any of these? Should it have been something we're not even thinking of? Let us know. Reach out to us on Twitter at You Forgot One Pod on Instagram at you forgot one. Of course, our website is you forgot one.com and Micaiah for everyone who's listening on whatever platform they are hearing us. What should they do? They should leave a five-star review and they can even write a review. That would be kind. It helps other people find the show and it lets us know what it is that you like about what we're doing. Uh, so we can give you more of it. Um, also, if you want new episodes as they come out, you should like, follow, subscribe, whichever your podcast provider tells you to do so that they're ready to go once the new episodes drop. Well, listener, we're going to leave you now with Patrick's pick from 2001, The Watcher. And we'll see you back next week. Things just ain't the same for gangsters. Times is changing. Young niggas is aging. Becoming OGs in the game and changing. To make way for these new names and faces. But the strangest things can happen from rapping when niggas get wrapped up in image and acting. Niggas get capped up and wrapped in plastic. Zipped up in bags when it happens. That's it. I've seen them come. I've watched them go. Watched them rise. Witnessed it and watched them blow. Watched them all blossom and watched them grow. Watched the lawsuits when they lost their dough. Best friends and money, I lost them both. Went and visited niggas in the hospital. It's all the same shit all across the globe. I just sit back and watch the show. Watch everywhere that I go. Ain't the same as before. People I used to know just don't know. Good, you blame me. Niggas ain't mainly at niggas they can't be. But niggas can't hit niggas they can't see. I'm out of sight, now I'm out of they dang reach. How would you feel if niggas wanted you killed? You probably move to a new house on a new hill. And choose a new spot if niggas wanted you shot. I ain't a thug. How much Tupac in you you got? I ain't no bitch neither. It's either my life or your life. And I ain't leaving. I like breathing. Cause nigga, we can go round for round. Clip for clip. Shit. Four pound for pound. Nigga, if you really want to take it there, we can. Just remember that you fucking with a family man. I got a lot more to lose than you. Remember that when you want to come and fill these shoes. Watch everywhere that I go. Ain't the same as before. People I used to know just don't know.
things just ain't the same for gangsters. Cops are sanctions to put niggas in handcuffs. They wanna hang us, see us dead or enslave us. Keep us trapped in the same place we raised in. Then they wonder why we act so outrageous. Run around stretched out and pull out gauges. Cause every time you let the animal out cages, it's dangerous to people who look like strangers. But now we got a new era of gangsters, hustlers and youngsters living amongst us. Looking at us now, calling us busters. Can't help but reminisce back when it was us. Nigga, we started this gangster shit. And this the motherfucking thanks I get. It's funny how time flies. I'm just having fun, just watching it fly by. Watch everywhere that I go. 